Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm Sammy. It's Sammy. I'm Jody. And we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> we're tired. Let's be real here. But let's let's be more real yeah. here. Looking looking at the uh, the date that this one's gonna come out. Sammy's a married woman. Oh, that's weird. It's into the future. We're in the future now. We're married women. But on on the on the unhappy side of relationships, we we're we're picking up after a very dramatic <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Sammy's just here to dunk on these teens about how how much more stable and good her relationships are. Yes, I'm a married almost thirty year old, not like these stupid fourteen year olds. <laughs> God, get wrecked. <laughs> These stupid fictional teenagers. <laughs> go to Mickey's and fuck off. <laughs> I want to go to Mickey's. I want to go Mickey's. I love a cafe. I I really miss just hanging out in a cafe and having a laptop. I, I had some good editing sessions for this podcast just sitting in a cafe downtown. Having a good time. I miss that. I love being that bitch. I love, I, I love not being in my house. <laughs> yes. What a concept. I really do enjoy where I live, but boy, have I been within one room for the past six months. Well, Jody, unbreak my heart. Uh, I don't, I don't know how. Um, yeah, we're looking at season two, episode fourteen. Unbreak my heart. This first aired February twenty fifth, two thousand and five. We're in two thousand five now, and it was written by Alexandra Zaroni and directed by Chris Deacon. Did you just hear something? What? Other than the hundreds of screaming fans? Not a sound. So are you with me or not? So picking right up uh, from the end of last episode, uh, Ray Ray thinks he might have heard something. We can hear like in the distance just, I love you. <laughs> and Lily's like trying to call after him. And Grace is like, yeah. And it's it's the whole moment of, did he did he miss the phone call? Did he do oh, it? He missed the phone and call. he missed it. And we do, we do get that moment of like him being unsure and him and thinking yeah. it. Oh, and it's they were so close. They were so close, but it's very the very significant moment where Grace is like, "Are you with me or not?" And Grace is kind of like, "Yeah, I'm with you." And then they leave. It's like, <laughs> "Oh no, oh no, oh no!" But over um, in school, um, fairly soon after this, it's neat week. So everyone's doing cleanup of the school. Um, we get uh, Kim, of course, narrating this over Cougar Radio, and she kind of makes some digs about cleaning out personal, emotional trash. Oh. <laughs> and oh. we get Robbie sitting very upset on the, the steps with Lily and Travis, all of them just kind of wallowing in where their relationships are at. Um, and then Ray comes up, and Ray's like, hey guys, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> and they're like, that's that's great ray does she know she's your girlfriend and he kind of backpedals and he's like it finds out that he's not entirely sure so he runs <laughs> off to go and fix that <laughs> oh ray yeah he's gonna like oh, fuck you guys and then he leaves but i i will say just 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 the way that he delivers like all of that section is just more real good al McAdam acting are you sure grace knows about this whole girlfriend thing of course well, definitely yeah pro probably i'm almost not sure robbie tries to like talk to kim in kind of like their old kind of jokesy way he tries to kind of like you know joke about neat week which is such a concept to me it's just like a whole week where it's like hey students now it's your job to clean up the school you little fuckers <laughs> And like Kim's Kim's response to his initial joke is just like very blunt. She's just like it would be better if you weren't here. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> just like not even just like it's she's just so done. Yeah. And uh she even makes a joke like she she says like the phrase public service announcement's like, Oh, I forgot the word public makes you uncomfortable. And Robbie's can't like, can't we just talk? And she's like, No. And then River comes and slinks over and he's like, Hey, come on, let's go do some more radio stuff. <laughs> and, and yeah. But yeah, puts his arm around her, kinda drags her away. I mean, she happily leaves and, and Robbie is left yeah. 
alone and sad as everybody is in this episode. But oh, it's uh, miserable. Lily and Travis, I guess, are tasked with taking down posters, and we get a shot of them ripping down a poster to reveal the Mr. Roscoe pageant poster, which has been defaced <laughs> and has, like, you know, Poor someone Mr. drew Roscoe. all over his face. And it's so good. And it's just, I mean, this is a, a good scene between Lily and Travis kind of talking about starting fresh, um, you know, after their, their heartbreaks and trying to move on. But I'm mostly focused on this big old wall of posters. So you know how much yes. I love the posters in RFR. And we just get, we get little glimpses of just so many. There's so many posters on this corkboard. There are. It's like layers they've been... It's it's been ten years of nobody removing posters that are no longer relevant. Somewhere you you get like ten layers deep. There's like a long lost student just chilling out, being like, "You found me." Oh, I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> like it's just so like like, and we know that Waller has like the poster approval thing or whatever. So it's it is funny that there's like layers deep of posters including like one of the posters lily rips off is one of the homemade ones that ray made back when she was like putting out her single so it's like oh "Oh, it's significant she's like fresh start ripping down the poster man wow and and just just to um you know really put salt on the wound um as they're talking about starting fresh kim kind of um, unexpectedly plays the latest No Man Land track, You Belong to Someone Else, which Lily played at Soundwave. She plays it on Cougar Radio. And Lily's like, oh, great. (laughs) Oh, good. So happy. We're supposed to be cleaning up, not messing up. Now pick this garbage up off the floor. We do get uh, Principal Waller for all of 10 seconds who comes to lecture Lily and Travis that they're supposed to be cleaning, not making a mess. And I'm like, Waller, where have you been? <laughs> I I mean, I don't think we have any room for a Waller plot at this point. <laughs> Let's be real no, about that. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that we want him to be at all involved in the romantic uh, entanglements of all of these these teens. No, he, he got his adorable romance episode, and, and, and that was enough. <laughs> that was it. Parker, when they put us on painting duty, I don't think they quite had this in mind. I, I love this bit. We get um, a Parker-Robbie interaction, which is kind of yeah. rare. Um, but we see Parker painting a smiley face on the wall, and Robbie's like, you know, when, when we were tasked with painting the wall, I don't think this is what they meant. And Parker's whole thing is, she wants to paint something that expresses who she is and then let it dry and then they'll paint over it. And then there'll always be something on those walls, even if you can't see it, that's them, which is really cute and nice. Um, so uh, Robbie goes to, to join her and then we see Kim come out and she gives like this really like like big beaming smile to, to Robbie and he kind of like hides and she and she looks like offended and walks away. But like... It's like, Kim, you just told him you didn't want to see him. <laughs> Kim, what what are you doing? This whole hot and cold thing seems to be the epitome of their relationship. So I guess it fits in some sense. <laughs> but it is very confusing. Do you say epitome? I did. You don't say epitome? Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't verify which one is correct. I just thought we were think- both epitome people. <laughs> I think no, I think like... it is epitome. <laughs> I think it is epitome. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just an epitome. That's all I'll ever be. You're just an epitome, and everybody knows the words, <laughs> except for the word epitome. <laughs> That's a very our first song ref, you guys. It's a very niche joke. But you'll get it if you listen to this podcast. Hopefully, Sammy gets it. That's what matters. Yes. Sammy's my most immediate audience. As long as I can make her laugh, which honestly is not a very hard thing to do. It's not. It's You're not very a hard giggly. <laughs> but but Parker catches kind of the meaningful look between uh, Robbie and Kim. She's like, oh, so you two, huh? And he's like, does everybody know? And. Um, <laughs> She asks if they're serious and they're going to patch things up and things are still kind of unclear for, for Robbie, but it's 
it's fun to see just this this little bit from Parker and to see the two of them yeah. interacting. Parker Parker further ingratiating herself into the friend group as she should because she's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I love I love that they're taking steps to develop. She's not just Lily's friend. She's had like these moments yeah. with like everybody. I mean, Travis in the last episode, um, Ray with the Mr. Roscoe page- pageant and all of that. So it's just, it's nice. Running skates down the He takes a pass from the yellow. He shoots, he scores! Penalty for Ray Brennan. Two minutes for dirty floors. Then we go to Ray and Lily. Uh, they're kind of uh, goofing around in the cafeteria. Ray's sweeping the floors, but he's making like hockey calls and stuff like that. We get another tiny Waller interaction where he runs into Waller's feet. And Waller says, get back to work. And uh, then... You know, he's he's Ray's asking Lily for advice because, you know, he's like, what, what would you say to a guy to, like, let him know you like him? And Lily's like, well, I'd probably tell him at a special occasion, like Soundwave, <laughs> very, like, meaningfully. And uh, but then, you know, she says, Ray, Grace is your girlfriend. She really likes you. She told me so. And Ray's like, oh, really? And then Grace comes by and he's like, I'm taking you to lunch. She's like, oh, that's great, Ray, but I actually have plans with friends. So Ray still seems a little bit unsure. But, you know, Ray, just because somebody's your girlfriend doesn't mean they have lunch with you all the time. It's okay. But <laughs> I, I like her specific phrasing because he he sees her and then puts on like a French accent. He's like, I'm taking yes. you to lunch. And she's like, that sounds cool. <laughs> lunch? That sounds cool. That I've heard of lunch. Cool. Like it's like a fun <laughs> new event, but also him taking her to lunch really just means they're going to the cafeteria together. Where are they going? The cafeteria that is currently being swept and like <laughs> cleaned, and it's Hide probably not a nice place to have lunch. Oh, so romantic! Love it. I'm Pronto, and I'm wondering. Hey, that is my line. Suck it up. Other people got questions too. We get a brief scene in the radio station where. Uh, Pronto steals question marks line because he's got things he's wondering. He's uh, wondering, how do you know if you're in a relationship? And Robbie's like, well, if you're, you know, if you have to ask, maybe you're not. <laughs> and, you know, they're all, all talking about, like, what does it mean to have a connection with somebody? And Lily's like, yeah, you know, it's, you got to have that special chemistry that's pulling you together. And she, you know, as she's been doing, like, looks meaningfully over at Ray. He's like, does that help? And he's like, yeah. Not me, but maybe it helps somebody. <laughs> and then we get another great scene of Parker and Robbie in the hallway. Uh, Robbie's done this like paint splatter on the wall and is kind of joining uh, Parker on this paint something um, to show your personality kind of kind of thing. And it's really sweet. And Parker even yeah. says something. She's like, to, to us being friends. And, and Robbie's Yay. like, why does it feel like I've known you for like 10 years? Like they just connect really nicely and it's so good. Oh, and so nice. I, I really like Parker says, let us look back at this moment in 20 years and say, booyah. Although I hope in 20 years, they're not using that word anymore. And I realize <laughs> crucially, we are about, we're, we're about 15 years out from this episode airing. <laughs> and, and booyah is not in common parlance anymore. No, think. no. But I, I have been using cool beans a lot in conversation. And I think it mm-hmm. is in big part due to, due to Parker and due to this rewatch. So I hope oh, she knows definitely. the influence she has made. Parker is trying to sort of advise Robbie a little bit because Robbie sees behind him, Kim and River are like giggling it up and Kim's doing like that whole like, haha, you're so funny thing to River where she's like clearly like doing it to put on a bit of a show for Robbie. And Robbie's like, give me a minute. And Parker pulls him back and basically points out, you know, if you guys really cared about each other, you wouldn't be playing these games with each other. And Robbie's like, we're not playing games. And she kind of turns him around and kim plants a very like romantic kiss on river's cheek and then just kind of like looks super snarky at robbie and so parker's being a real good friend she's trying to look out for her new bud and yeah robbie and kim stop playing all these games you know but then we get you know ray trying to (laughs) strategize how he's handling the gray situation and his big plan is that they're going to watch a movie he's going to give her two choices a comedy and a romance so she chooses comedy then she just wants to be friends. But if it's romance, they're on. She's his girlfriend. But he's strategizing like this whole big plan. And he turns around and he's like, what do you think? <laughs> and I spoke too soon about Waller being involved with these teen relationships because it's Waller. What do you think? 
I think if you worked as hard at scrubbing this wall as you did on your plan, you'd be done by now. And we get a tiny sort of montage where Lily and Travis are emptying out their lockers and first is like goofy stuff like, oh, an old sandwich and stuff. But then there's like mementos, like there's a bunch of postcards from like the whole Travis Bridget postcard thing. And then there's the there's the I Miss the Flaming Lips concert tea that Ray yeah. had made for Lily. It's all, all so of these good little references. But what is that that Travis is dropping out of his locker in that last shot? Were those, those weren't just chopsticks, were they? <laughs> let's Let's have a look. <laughs> yeah, he just, fully he just dropped so many chopsticks. <laughs> like, so many loose individual chopsticks. There's like 30 oh. chopsticks right there. I love that. And then earlier on, he throws out like four old sushi trays. He's like, Travis, I thought you were supposed to be a man of refinement. This is so gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Lily pulls out a moldy sandwich too, and it's like that. That I can see kind of getting lost <laughs> and you not noticing. I think you're going to notice if you've got old sushi in your locker. You are you can't 100% going to notice. Other people are going to notice. That's oh, my nasty. God. That's that is nasty. very nasty. Can we talk, please? This is driving me insane. Fine. Either we deal with our relationship now and maybe just maybe save it or you deal with your whatever and it's over. So we, we get kind of this final little ultimatum scene between uh, Robbie and Kim of her saying, you know, we we got to talk about this or we go our separate ways. Um, and they're they're both like very, very angry. And, you you know, any conversation coming out of this isn't going to be productive and nothing. Nothing's getting solved. But we no. get kind of another hint towards Kim's situation. She's like, there's things I want to do and places I want to go but I need to know where we stand first. And that's about as far as we get before Waller with a very deep frown, like a very, very yeah, like so downturn, mad. downturn frown, um, kind of looks through the window and then pops his head in the door and he says, there's a streak on the window. And um, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie kind of mouths off and is like, we're kind of in the middle yeah. of something, which is kind of, <laughs> Kind of strange. Kind of, I mean, like Robbie's very questioned authority, but I feel like not not to the extent of being directly rude. So, yeah. um, but Kim storms out, and uh, Waller stops Robbie in the doorway as he goes to like follow, and they're standing very close together. And he's like, "We all have to do our part. And if you want your record to be as spotless at, as this window, you you will clean it." And Robbie's just kind of left there, kind of angrily and pensively uh about to clean this window which we know he's done before apparently just for fun from that one scene where he does the reveal with the squeegee to look in at oh, kim yes he should be excited it's a pastime i also love part of waller's lectures like when i was your age i scrubbed this window <laughs> it's like great dude <laughs> and now <laughs> the legacy lies in you and now that river has shunned the danger man mantle perhaps it is you who will take it <laughs> So that's our first half. Lots of aching hearts and Ray just being confused about about how things work as normal. So today on CanCon Commercial Break, we are talking about Big Wolf on Campus. I used to own this town. Big Wolf on Campus is a Canadian television series created by Peter A. Knight and Christopher Briggs that ran from 1999 to 2002. The central plot revolves around a teenage boy named Tommy P. Dawkins who is bitten by a werewolf during a camping trip in the woods a week before his senior year of high school. I didn't know it then, but from that night on, my life would never be the same. After the bite transforms him into a werewolf, he fights against vampires, werecats, ghosts, zombies, and other supernatural entities to keep his hometown of Pleasantville safe. Even though almost everyone in Pleasantville believes that their protector, dubbed the Pleasantville Werewolf, is dangerous. So this is a very fun show. Um, I watched a few episodes of it, and it's just, it's a goofy good time. Chris Briggs, one of the co-creators of the show, is... Uh, some of his later credits include being a producer on the Hostel series and Shark Night 3D and some other horror films. Um, but the more interesting of the pair for me was Peter Knight, who he has a big gap in his resume. What's that? I'm sorry. Just, just like the choir post of he's not as interesting as this guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's sorry, Chris, but I mean, 
You'll, you'll see why in a minute. So Peter Wright has a big gap in his resume, but he's been really busy lately as a co-executive producer of on like BoJack Horseman and Big Mouth. <laughs> what? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just wild. You go from creating this like little cult Canadian TV show to like co co executive producing like award winning animated television. Yeah, um, then, he's then big Netflix new... shows. No kidding. Uh, and he's working on a new upcoming animated series called Fairfax. Oh. So yeah, go to Peter Knight for all of your animation needs. Um, some of the main cast. So we have Brandon Quinn as Tommy P. Dawkins, aka the Pleasantville Werewolf. He's a senior in high school and the main character of Big Wolf on Campus. So Brandon's been in a lot of TV movies uh, lately, including a supporting role in Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses, which is oh. <laughs> one, oh. of the best, oh. one of the best titles that, I've ever heard for hit. one of these. That so hit. good. He's also like, <laughs> he was in this movie recently called Sins and Seduction. And the synopsis for it is, when progressive minister Leslie Reynolds welcomes a seemingly sweet couple into her church, she suddenly finds herself entangled in the deadly obsession of a handsome new parishioner. And this one was noteworthy for me because, like, the poster for it is kind of insane. <laughs> it's just so intense. Oh, <laughs> it's like, do not we've got, be we've deceived. Got big- Yes, we've got Big Wolf in the middle, like, kind of, like, doing, like, tent fingers, and he's, like, this scary, scary man. <laughs> <laughs> the The second main character is Danny Smith as Merton J. Dingle. You, uh, you new here? No. Tommy, I'm Merton Dingle. We've had lockers next to each other since kindergarten. I'm president of the Gothic Fantasy Guild. Uh, the school cut our funding when the other guy graduated, but uh, we're coming back strong. Merton is Tommy's best friend who helps him with his werewolf problem, and he's president of the Gothic Fantasy Guild. So he's kind of the foil to Tommy, where Tommy's like this big jock, but because, you know, he becomes a werewolf, he's looking for, you know, he's looking for somebody to, to help him out. And because, like, Merton's into all this goth stuff, he helps Tommy out and they become best friends. Uh, Danny Smith mainly does voice work these days. Um, but he also he's also a musician. He wrote and performed the Big Wolf on Campus theme song, as well That's as it. scoring some scenes. He has a couple of really fun like things in his IMDb bio, like just in trivia. Like for example, he appeared on the game show The Price Is Right on March twenty seventh, two thousand one. He won throughout the show, including the Showcase Showdown, where he took home lots of cash and prizes, including a car. <laughs> Good job, Danny. <laughs> He also won Montreal Mirror's Best Actor and Most Desirable Male Awards in 2001. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. And there's a whole, like, we'll get into it, but Danny Smith and the Merton J. Dingle character, they've got a, this is a solid fan base. Oh, Like, a boy. very solid fan base when it comes oh. to the show. Um, Rachel Lefebvre was Stacey Hansen, and who is Tommy's love interest in season one. Uh, she's currently starring on a show called Proven Innocent, um, but the name might be familiar for all you Twilight heads because she was Victoria in the Twilight series, one of the, like the antagonistic vampires in like the wow. first uh, the first movie. So that's wow. kind of cool. And then her character got replaced by Amy Castle as Laurie Baxter, who's Tommy's friend and sometimes sweetheart who debuts in season two. And these days, Amy is mainly doing voice actors work in video games. Um, another fun thing, uh, from the IMDb goofs section, <laughs> this, this goof might sound kind of familiar. Throughout the series, it's clear the actors and actresses portraying teenagers are actually in their 20s. This is done <laughs> as to not interfere with the schooling of real teenagers <laughs> to give the general viewing audience who are teenagers themselves someone they can look up to. Love I'm pretty it. sure it was either In a Heartbeat or Animorphs that had that exact same goof. So <laughs> I just love the idea of somebody in IMDb going to all these shows and editing the goofs page. <laughs> and just explaining. And just Caution, so you know, not real teens. Not real teens. So, so yeah, so Big Wolf on Campus is basically an episodic show, the premise of which is there's kind of like a monster of the week thing where Tommy uses his werewolf powers along with Merton's know-how about goth fantasy things to kind of save the day. Um, basically, whenever Brandon gets really like agitated or, or you know, worked up, he turns into a werewolf. 
And so, but he's like, it's weird. He's like a werewolf, but he's still like, he's not like an out of control werewolf. He's just strong and has like claws and hair and stuff, but he's still like, hey guys, it's me. I'm just a werewolf. <laughs> There's some really, really fun reviews for this show. Like, and you'll see some themes start to emerge. Um, I've got, I've got a bunch here from, from IMDb. Here's, here's a good one. It's uh, My Absolute Favorite Show of All Time by Maria1005. Big Wolf on Campus is about the best show of all time. At first, I would see commercials about it and think, that must be the stupidest show ever. But then I watched it and totally fell in love. It's hilarious and fun to watch. I guess it might not be for really young kids because there's some scary moments in it, but anyone like 10 and up would probably love it. I totally recommend it. It's about Tommy, the captain of the football team and most popular kid in school, and now he turns into a werewolf. He makes friends with Merton, a geek, and then Lori, who thinks his wolfing out is really cool. Unfortunately, it is not showed on TV anymore, but when it comes back, I will be glued to the TV. It's funny, generally the reception on the show is really good. In fact, this next person seems to be confused about what IMDb is. <laughs> the title of this review is Complaint on Why It's Not Shown Anymore by Silver Moon underscore Meg34072. Why did you guys kick Big Wolf on campus off of Fox Family Channel? I love that show. I used to watch it all the time and even taped some of them. It was a good show, and I like Buffy and Angel, but those went off the air too. At least they have reruns on. If you're not going to put it back on the air, then at least put it back on Fox Family as reruns. I really enjoyed watching the show. I like Merton especially. He's so funny and cute. Tommy is very hot, and they all seem like cool people. <laughs> I like their attitude, and they are all tough and stuff. Please, thank you very much. I hope you take consider in my request. <laughs> IMDb, please help. <laughs> help, IMDb. Why did you take a big wolf on campus away from us? <laughs> why did you? Why would IMDb do this? <laughs> I know. This is great. I found two reviews two two years apart, and they both have very similar themes, and they're really funny. I will make no excuses for liking this show by Jenny422. I could be thought of as an intelligent young woman. I even have a BA in English literature. Yet every night I tune in at 10.30 to YTV to watch this show. The pertinent question is, doesn't that make me dumb? <laughs> I would have to disagree with that statement and argue that Big Wolf on campus is one of the more intelligent looks at life as a teenager. <laughs> It's, it's not that it deals with the Degrassi slash 90210 issues, but it looks at some of the key problems of being a teenager. Loneliness, getting the girl slash boy, and finding out who your friends are. I know this is all very cliche, but hey, it's true. Tune into the reruns. You just may be surprised. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, I really like the concept of, you may think I'm just watching television like a simpleton, but did you know I have a BA? Mm. Yes, me and intellectual. Don't you feel foolish? <laughs> Intellectuals watch Big Wolf on campus, don't you know? This is this is true. Uh, I mean, you're you're looking so at two people with media degrees. So, I mean, we. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think we uh we kind of fit into the category of ah, an intellectual consume yes. media <laughs> like Big Wolf on campus. <laughs> Similarly, this review from D. Pfeffer says. Let me begin by stating that I am 23, an English writing major, and consider myself to be quite mature and intelligent. <laughs> How dumb do they think this fan base is? Where they're like, I'm not like other girls. Yes. I'm not an idiot. I'm not like other girls. I have a BA in English literature and I'm 23. Incredibly and I'm unique. I've never read a Harry Potter book, nor have I ever been able to sit through an episode of Pokemon or Buffy the Vampire Slayer for more than two minutes at a time. But oh, this show really not like other girls. Oh, but this show She's is different. <laughs> it really makes me laugh and wondering what's going to happen next. It's one of those shows that literally defies description. Which I mean, tell it to the people who wrote the Wikipedia page. But okay, I mean, I uh, think and, I think um, if she scrolls up, she might see a summary of the show. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, by no means is it on par with superior shows such as Hill Street Blues, Mash, etc. <laughs> but is one of <laughs> what? What? why are you comparing those? <laughs> 
like when we were talking about like what was it we've talked about so many shows where people have been like it's no friends why do you expect it to be friends why do you expect this this kids werewolf show to be mash not everything can have alan alda in it uh but it's genuinely funny and all the characters are all lovable and engaging great stuff and then the last review i have is just called my god (laughs) Big Wolf on Campus is my favorite show. I love it. I started watching last year and haven't stopped. I immediately fell in love with the show, with the cute one-liners of Tommy Dawkins and the all-around sexiness of Merton Dingle, Danny Smith-obsessed forever. (laughs) The way those two work together is amazing. The show is the best. And now my favorite characters are off to college. I can't wait to see what happens. A never-ending fan, Kendra. Sorry, Kendra. I think the show ended just about when you wrote that review. <laughs> Never ending fan. Never ending fan. Oh boy. Oh boy. Wow. So, one of my favorite things I found about this show is a couple of really great fan sites, including one of the most thorough fan sites I've probably seen for any show ever. It's bigwolfoncampus.org. Uh, it's just like a one man mission to just document anything related to Big Wolf on Campus. Um, it's even got stuff like, it was last updated in 2011, but it's got like one of the updates it has from 2010 is the author saying, in the most randomly ridiculous coincidence ever, I wound up standing next to Rachel Lefebvre in line at Disneyland's Tower of Terror. <laughs> so it's just like, I got to ride Tower of Terror with somebody from Big Wolf on Campers. That's pretty um, sick. That is pretty sick. Yeah, there's a, oh, and what's even sicker is there's a whole section of the website called On the Set which is like details like in elaborate detail of the time he got invited to come tour the set and like hang out with the creator and like meet the cast it's so good and uh it's like we've got sections like big wolf stars on dvd which basically lists like dvds of movies and stuff like that that feature people who are in the cast Six Degrees of Big Wolf, which tra- tracks, like, whenever, like, the cast was, like, in other stuff with each other. And probably probably my favorite section, though, is it's it's pretty conventional for any fan site, but it's just so good. It's the fan art section. We've got, like, anime-style fan art. We've got characters as Simpsons characters. We've got homemade gifts, homemade dolls like photo manipulations there's like there's even like those drag and drop doll maker dolls done of the characters stop stop oh god just takes you back like not even like that's just yeah this takes you back like 20 years even just that's like, that's such a specific thing yeah, oh, yeah, those, God. like, prep doll makers or whatever. So good. Yeah. Or, like, there's this one series where they just kind of, like, badly Photoshop lightsabers into characters' <laughs> hands. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of fan art in here. There's a lot of fan art. Like, this is the definitive site for anything related to Big Wolf on campus. And, yeah, wow. a lot of Merton Dingle fan art. He's clearly the fan favorite character. And a lot of, like... A lot of like slash fan art too. It's a what I found is a common theme in fan art and fan fiction is a lot of people ship Tommy and Merton together. It's a lot of yeah. Tommy and Merton fan fiction, which is very cute. Um, but yeah, like you've got like usernames like Merton's Gal four twenty five or Merton is hot or Mrs. Merton J Dingle. So this one character had like like most of the fan base i think it's like based around the love of this one super goth character so good in fact i gotta say this is this is the first time that i've seen a photo of the big wolf on campus himself he he pretty much just looks like if wolverine was in cats on broadway that is perfect that is a perfect description oh my god yes no it's true it's very i like it there is a second fan site, which maybe isn't quite as comprehensive, but it's an Angel Fire site. It's oh. got, like, classic black background, red text, like, <sighs> awful, awful web design. It's part of a web ring, and not just any web ring, but it's part of a Danny Smith web ring. And I wasn't kidding. Like, this guy in the show's heyday, just fans on fans on fans. 
<laughs> Remember web rings? Like, Jesus Christ. But, oh, boy. Uh, and uh, I'll just read a, a paragraph from the main page of this of this site. Not only is this a big wolf on campus shrine, but at no extra charge, it also doubles as my shrine to Merton Dingle, the quirky yet lovable sidekick. If you've never seen the show, you've got to you've at least got to see one episode to check out this boy's room and his car and his backpack. He lives and in his ass. And his ass. <laughs> he lives in a basement decorated with real skulls, ancient books, and all around cool ass shit. Drives a hearse and has a coffin backpack with chain straps. Not to mention his impish good looks. So honestly, I think this kid just sent all the goth girls' hearts pitter patter. And also, you know, we think Steve Belford was old. Merton, like the Danny Smith, was like twenty six when this show started. <laughs> Playing a high schooler. Just, just a full my immortal character, huh? Yeah. Like, I did not realize when I got into Big Wolf on campus, I was just going to uncover, like, this goth icon of the, like, late 90s, early 2000s that apparently a pocket of the internet was just obsessed over. Wow. It's, it's great. And also just, like, a trove of, of, of I guess, like, f- fan fiction for another, for a beloved fan pairing. And... Yeah, but I, I did, I watched a few episodes of it, and it's a fun show. Like, I like the dynamic between Tommy and Merton, like, these two, like, unlikely friends who are just, like, having a good time together, and it, it really is their friendship that drives the show, so you can see where the shipping comes from pretty quick. You can watch it on YouTube. I mean, the quality's not great, but, of, you know, of course it's not, um, but, I mean, it's totally fine. Just go watch, go watch some, uh, Big Wolf. It's really fun. And I did end up finding a Six Degrees of RFR. It's kind of a wild one, actually. So I mentioned that Amy Castle these days is doing a lot of, like, work in video games. So mm-hmm. she had some additional voices in LEGO Jurassic World. Um, also playing in LEGO Jurassic World was a voice actor named J.B. Blanc. J.B. Blanc plays the character of Dave Walston in Assassin's Creed 3. Also in the Assassin's Creed series is the game Assassin's Creed Unity, in which mm-hmm. the character of Bishop was voiced by Kate Todd. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew who that's knew that? where this was going. Yeah. Who knew that Lily Randall would be voicing in like Assassin's Creed games? That's pretty that's pretty sick. I know. I, I just found that fact out early on in doing the six degrees and it was just like when when is there an Assassin's Creed connection? It's so yes. good. Well, we found it, and it's Big Wolf on campus. So, honestly, get into the show and have a browse of the fan sites. Like, this, researching this episode really made me nostalgic for the days of early 2000s fan sites. Like, you know, I had, like, a, a pocket of Sailor Moon fan sites that I would constantly go to. And now it's all TRC, just, like, baby. groups and subreddits and, yeah, TRC, Realm of Sailor Energy. Hell yeah. Is that still Man, up? It is still up. It is still up. Well, then, then God. if if that is the case, then you can find early Sammy Roach Sailor Moon fan art of the early two thousands archived on yeah. the internet. It is yeah. out there. Go and find it. Yeah, it's under the name Sailor Comet, and I did it all when I was like thirteen years old. And it's, uh, it's, got, it's I'm good gonna fun. look at that right now. Yeah. So that is Big Wolf on Campus. Check it out. It's on YouTube, and see see if you too fall in love with Merton J Dingle. See, see if he tingles your dingle. Oh, don't ever say those words. <laughs> we were having a good time. <laughs> when did we come to mean you? As in Waller's famous, we all have to pitch in and we have to help maintain the cleanliness of our school. So we get, um, you know, classic Robbie rant on the radio Robbie um, about, you know, how they shouldn't be forced to clean the school and Waller's treating them all like, you know, mindless drones and absolutely nobody is backing them up. Everybody is silent. Uh, Ray just kind of like slowly nods. And Travis kind of at the end just kind of scoffs at how angry uh, Robbie is. And he, he goes off on all of them when they uh, put music on about them not being supportive of him. And Travis is like, you know, maybe, maybe you should figure out what you're really angry about. I feel sick. Don't blame me. You're the one who ate the mixed potato chips and ice cream. But then we we see a, a nice scene of Travis and Lily hanging out in Lily's basement. Um, I guess they've just been hanging out, having snacks, 
being sad together, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Lily's fiddling with a necklace that Ray gave to her when they were kids. And they both talk about how they've got all of this stuff that reminds them of, you know, Ray and Bridget, respectively, but um, they just can't seem to get rid of it. Travis says that in some cultures, people find that they're able to let go by, like, physically letting go of the things by sending them down a river or something. And Lily says, you know, you're, you might be onto something. And we see her clear out a basket and start to load stuff into it. Okay, students, your message is well received. I would love to pitch in, but somebody has to keep everything organized. And then we go back to school and everybody's on strike. All the students kind of took question marks to heart and they made some signs and they're just hanging out. And uh, Waller kind of pushes past them out of his office into the Cougar Radio booth to essentially use it as an intercom, which is like, what? You could have just stayed in your office and used the intercom. But he basically says, get back to work or else I'm going to extend Neat Week. And so, you know, kind of he kind of put an end to that super quick. Everybody kind of begrudgingly gets back to work. Robbie and Kim make eye contact and they kind of sheepishly kind of head over to each other. And they sit down on their bench, which, you know, as I think about it, I hadn't thought about how much time they spent on that bench, like yeah. having chats. And, uh, yeah, they kind of come to the conclusion that it's not going to work out if if Robbie's not comfortable going public with it. Like, they just, there isn't a, a way for them to be happy together, which which sucks. It's sad. <laughs> it's such a bummer. It's, it's been, like, so so much secret romance for so long. And now such to have it be burn. like, it's, it's just not going to work. It's so sad. Way. All right, enough is enough. This is our school, our neat week. We should be working hard and having fun. No, 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 no. Now hear me out. Travis and Lily are are sad in the cafeteria because they, they kind of feel bad for how things went at RFR the other day. And so Travis is like, I have an idea. And he dumps out like a bin of papers so that he can stand on it because he's such a small boy. <laughs> and he, uh, he basically says... If Waller's going to extend Neat Week, if we don't get it done, then he has to shorten it if we get it done early. So let's do it, you guys. And Waller kind of like pokes his head in and manages to to hear this and sees Travis kind of rallying uh, the rallying the youths to uh, to kind of take a different attitude with it. And he kind of has this little smile and he leaves. <laughs> we get this bit that I'd completely forgotten about, but it comes rushing back where Travis is just like, booyah. <laughs> that is so awkward. <laughs> booyah. Yeah, I don't think you're a booyah kind of guy. Oh, uh, it's he, so cute. And, yeah, it's like a callback to what Parker had been saying before, but he says it, he's like so riled up, and just goes, booyah. And Lily's like, I, I don't think that works for you. And he does this little like, little like shy little shoulder shrug. <laughs> it's very cute. He's just Travis thing. Okay, I, I can't take this anymore. I mean, one minute you're all into me, and the next you lose interest. What I want to know is if I'm near... Meanwhile, Ray decides to try out his his epic plan that he's come up with to try and gauge whether or not Grace's girlfriend, instead of just talking to her, is offer her two movies, uh, like a romance or a comedy. And so he, he asked her which movie she'd like to see. And she's like, well, they both sound good, but I want to see this movie, The Ex-Girlfriend. And he's like, that's a romantic comedy with a bad title. And he's like, you know what? I just, I'm confused. Like, are, are we, blah, blah. And he's like, he can't seem to get his words out. Like, am I your, whatever, are you my, and then Grace is just like, girlfriend? And she kind of moves out of the way of her locker. There's a very cute heart cut out picture of her and Ray at Soundwave. And she's just so cute. He's looking at him with a big smile, and Ray's like, yay. <laughs> Grace, Grace is just gentle and good. And and that's it. That's really the only attribute that she has. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but she's just so sweet and nice. Yeah. We go back to the cafeteria. Robbie's joined the crew now, and they kind of apologize for how things went at our fire. And Robbie's like, oh, it didn't matter anyway. Like, you know, I don't see Waller anywhere. And then suddenly, cue Principal Waller with a giant stack of pizzas. And he's wearing a t-shirt. Yeah, that's how you know he's fun, Principal. (laughs) He's just chilling in a t-shirt. He's got pizza for everybody. And he's like, I want to get this done, too, because I just got two tickets for Rainbow of Love, which is the romantic movie uh, Ray was going to pitch to to Grace. But he's getting two tickets. So in in my perfect universe, him and Miss Mitchell are still dating. So that's that's what I've accepted. That's nice. 
Or he is just him in that fr- that uh, he brought a he brought a ticket for that framed photo. He's bringing the snow globe. And it's just it's a really sweet end to, to that strange plot line of the kids cleaning up the school instead of being in class. <laughs> if you want, I can draw a happy face on you. Would that make you feel better? No, no, that would just make me feel weird. In Mickey's, we get the continuation of uh, Parker and Robbie. Kind of Parker swings by and asks how the Kim thing went. And Kim and Robbie's like, you know, I'm feeling kind of like that beige paint. And Parker's like, do you want me to draw a happy face on you? And he's like, no, I would just feel worse. And <laughs> um, But, you know, Parker's trying to, like, comfort him, cheer him up. That's when uh, Rain Grace walks in. <laughs> And Ray is very much like, hello, have you met my girlfriend? I am taking my girlfriend for a date because she is my girlfriend. <laughs> and boyfriend. And I then boyfriend. Uh, Lily and Travis enter the scene. And Lily even says to herself, she's like, I hate that I can't find anything to hate about Grace because she's just so sweet. <laughs> you want to know how you find out when you're in a relationship? Enlighten me with your wisdom. You ask them go to the radio station and Ray's Ray's had his grand revelation where he's like you know how you find out you're in a relationship you ask them (laughs) yeah we get we get like this this little bit at the station just kind of serves as like the kind of uh, like a a summary of everybody's relationship so Ray's like hey I'm in one and Robbie's like surprise I'm not and Lily just kind of looks at Travis and she's like well sometimes being free is good it's fine and it just kind of acts as this little summary bit but we, we see what Lily was doing with the basket before when she started loading stuff into the basket. So uh, her and Travis have loaded up this this basket with little mementos of things. So we see all the stuff that we saw them clearing um, out of their lockers. We can see the I Miss the Flaming Lips concert shirt. Yeah. And uh, the little ring that Lily gave, or the, oh. the little ring that Ray gave Lily in the like how to impress a girl whole whole plot line and she tries to put it back on her finger and Travis is like eh, eh, eh. that's it <laughs> it is time to move on so she she puts it back in and they tie balloons to it and as they're watching it float away we get kind of shots of everybody again seeing where everyone's at obviously Ray and Grace dating at Mickey's having a good time and Robbie and Kim both kind of going their separate ways and Kim yeah. Kim is packing stuff up at Cougar Radio yeah. and it what is it may just on? be cleaning but oh. it seems more meaningful than that so uh yeah. there's there's really there's something going on with Kim that we we don't know about quite yet and Robbie's purging a little bit too we can see that he throws out the poster for the spirit dance which is where he and Kim had their dance and it was so nice yeah oh sad time but uh Lily, we end on Lily and Travis having a little stroll arm in arm together, kind of after they've had their their uh, basket of things float away. Kind of, they're trying to kind of pump each other up a little bit, like, "Oh, you're good. You're such a catch." Like, you've got this whole sexy, free spirited thing going on. No, and you are a total catch. So suave and so smart. And you're a musician. I mean, that is just the coolest. Yeah, and no, your intensity. Girls love that. Besides, I mean, you were just so beautiful. I just... Lily gives him, like, this very timid little kiss. And then they're just kind of, like, looking at each other. Like, oh, what is this? And then it kind of, like, pushes past them into, like... Yeah. And then we just go into the credits from there. This very dramatic, like, mid-2000s emo music. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... We we thought we were done with the whole Lily and Travis, but who knows? Who knows? Looks like it could be starting back up. It's funny to think that like such a big chunk of this season was Ray and Travis fighting over Lily, and so much has happened in the last few episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like where where we started this season is so different to to where we are now. So. It's it's so interesting in this final stretch, and and knowing you know from remembering this show, knowing what relationships haven't even started yet because there's more to come, folks. There's more to come, and it's combinations you may not have predicted. So um, in the last twelve episodes, in the last twelve episodes, so we are we are gearing up for some serious teen romance drama, and I'm here oh, for man. it. 
Yes. So. Always. So, according to RadioFreeRoscoe4.Tripod.com, songs featured in this episode, and it is a hefty list this week, uh, Power Theme by The Front, Walkie Talkie Man by Stereogram, Fleeting Trust by The Trues, Get Me the Rock Out of Here by The Pettit Project, classic, uh, Still Frame by Trapped, Out of Reach by The Victory Year, Letter Home by Sinclair, and One Plus One Equals Heartache by Secadin. We've got some, uh, we've got some returning ones like Love One Plus One Equals Heartache, so that classic cheese minus mm-hmm. one. More Trues and Pettit Project, which is great. Um, but the Victory Year has kind of like the big moody song of the episode. It plays as Lily and Travis are hanging out, and as they, as they kiss at the end of the episode. <laughs> find a lot about the victory year other than they appear to be from north bell vernon pennsylvania they have a facebook page it's only got like 65 likes its last post was in 2016 i think it's just something that the frontman from the band put up to be like hey guys we have some stuff we didn't release before it's on spotify now (laughs) (laughs) so there's there's really not much to find about the victory year other than um you know, there's a couple of posts of this song on YouTube, and it's all RFR fans, of course. Like, one of the people mm-hmm. who posted it said, here's a song I heard on Radio Free Roscoe years ago. And uh, all I, the, last, the only other thing I have to share is this YouTube comment from nine years ago that just says, the old time, frowny face, RFR never come back. <laughs> the old time, oh no. Oh, RFR, RFR where'd come you back. go? <laughs> So if you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email if you like. You can even send us an audio clip. Even better. It's at PodcastFreeRoscoe at gmail.com. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off. <laughs>